Shalom, Alekum, peace be upon you and welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean. Today we are looking at this week's Torah portion, Torah Parsha. And uh, it also begins the book of Exodus and it's called Shemot. I'm going to talk a little bit about that here in a second. Let me read the portion summary to you from TorahPortions.org. Here's what it says. It says, Shemot is both the title for the second book from the scroll of the Torah and the title of the first Torah portion therein. Shemot means names. The English-speaking world calls the book Exodus. The Hebrew title for the book comes from the opening phrase of the book. Now these are the names, Shemot, of the sons of Israel who came to Egypt with Jacob. Exodus 1.1. Now, real quick, before I continue on with uh, with this, I don't. Th- that's not something to just be overlooked, in my opinion. Um, I understand why the English translators named the book Exodus. I mean, the overall story is about the Exodus from Egypt, but that's not the name of the book. And Exodus is not like a English transliteration of Shemot, which is the real name of the book. Um. For example, Genesis, Bereshit, in the beginning. In English, we call it Genesis. It's a transliteration. It means the same thing. But that's not what happened with the book of Exodus. The book of Exodus was called Shemot, which means names. We named it in English Exodus, which does not mean names. Um, The word Shem is the word for name. Uh, As an example, in the English world where we replace the name of God in the Bible, we say, the Lord. If you pick up a Jewish Hamash or Torah, it'll say Hashem, the name. So it's just interesting that the book of Exodus is actually called Shemot, which means names. And of course, the first portion is also called Shemot because it opens up with giving us the names of the sons of Jacob, but is that the only reason that it's called Shemot, the whole book? Just something interesting to think about. One thing that's going to happen in this first Parsha is the name of God revealed. And so I think maybe there's more to the reason why this book was titled Shemot, which means names, uh, then maybe we give it consideration. Now, there's a lot of little nuggets and things like that that I want to talk about today. I'm hoping I'm not going to run us out of time. Um, So... Lord help me. Continuing on with the portion summary, it says, The English name Exodus comes from the Septuagint, the Greek translation of the Hebrew Bible. The Greek title for the book is Exodus Egypto, which translates a departure from Egypt. The name Exodus is an abbreviated form of that title. Exodus means departure. The book of Exodus tells the story of the children of Israel enslaved in Egypt and the miraculous redemption through the hand of Moses. The story of the giving of the Torah at Mount Sinai, the construction of the golden calf, and the construction of the tabernacle. As we study the first week's reading from the book of Exodus, we find the children of Israel in slavery. It seems at first that God, the God of their forefathers has forgotten them. But God has not forgotten his promise. He remembers his promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and brings a redeemer to the children's children for the sake of his name with love. So that's the portion summary that we're getting into today. It's Exodus chapter 1, 
through Exodus chapter 6, verse 1. So, we're going to dig into this, and uh, hopefully we can get through it all, and hopefully I can cover everything that I want to cover. I'm going to read from a translation this morning called the Et Sefer. Um, None of these translations do what I wish they did, and someday I'll go into more detail about it, but when it comes to God's name and the name of that we use for the word God, which is Elohim or Elohai, there's lots of versions of it. This version does a really good job with that. Now, I happen to believe that the name of God is Yehovah, but the translators of this translation believe it's Yahuwah, which is very common, a very common view. So when I see God's name, it's going to be it's going to say Yahuwah in the translation. I'm going to say it that way. Um, all right, I got to stop with the housekeeping stuff. I did do a review of this Bible. You can read that short review uh, at their website, the Sefer website. Uh, my review's up there with a handful of other people. Okay, long introduction. Let's get started. Chapter one, Book of Exodus, Book of Shemot. Let's begin. Verse 1. Now these are the name of the children of Israel, which came into Mitzrayim, that is to say Egypt. Every man in his household came with Yaakov, Reuben, Shimeon, Levi, and Yehuda, Yishakar, Zevelin, and Binyamin, Dan and Naphtali, Gad and Asher. And all the souls that came out of the loins of Yaakov were seventy souls. For Yosef was in Mistraim already. And Yosef died. And his brethren and all that generation. And the children of Yisrael were, tr- were fruitful and increased abundantly and multiplied and waxed exceedingly mighty. And the land was filled with them. Now there arose up a new king over Mistraim, that is to say Egypt which knew not Yosef. And he said unto the people, Behold, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. Come on, let us deal wisely with them, lest they multiply. And it come to pass that when there falls out any war, they join also unto our enemies and fight against us. And so get them out of the land. But the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew, and they were grieved because of the children of Yisrael. By the way, please note, this is just something that is that is true about God's people. It's true today, and it was true then. Back then, they thought if they afflict them, they can drive them out or they'll stop reproducing, but it just causes them to reproduce all the more. The same thing happens in our day. You persecute Christians, you persecute God's people, and what happens? The gospel spreads like wildfire. This is why, because God's ways are basically the opposite of man's. And so this is the situation. We have a Pharaoh who knows not Joseph, which is interesting, uh, seeing as how a few hundred years before this, Joseph saved uh, all of Egypt and the whole world, but we, you know how quickly history changes. I mean, look at our time. The history we believe today is not even close to accurate. <laughs> and some of it's only been less than 100 years. So, 
We can see how this can happen. All right, let's continue on. And the midstream, that is to say the Egyptians, made the children of Yisrael to serve with rigor. And they made their lives bitter with hard bondage and mortar and in brick and all manner of service in the field. All their service wherein they made them serve was with rigor. And the king of Mitzrayim spoke to the Ivory midwives, that is to say the Hebrew midwives, of which the name of one was Sephara, and the name of the other Pua. And he said, When you do the office of the midwives to the Ivrith, that is to say the Hebrews, Hebrew women, and see them upon the stools. If it be a son, then you shall kill him, but if it be a daughter, then, then she shall live. But the midwives feared Elohim, and did not as the king of Mitzrayim commanded but to them, but save the men children alive. And the king of Mitzrayim called for the midwives, and he said to them, Why have you done this thing, and have saved the men children alive? And the midwives said, midwives said unto Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women are not as the Mistrith women, the Egyptian women, for they are lively, and they are delivered, ere the midwives come unto them. In other words, the midwives are saying, Hey, they're, they're deceiving Pharaoh because they fear Elohim, which is great, right? They're spending so much time with the Hebrew women that they have learned to have revere and fear for God. And they tell Pharaoh, hey, but by the time we get there, they've already bared their children. I mean, these women are different than us. <laughs> That's what they're saying. Verse 20, therefore Elohim dealt with the midwives, and the people dealt well with the midwives, and the people multiplied and waxed very mighty. And it came to pass, because of the midwives feared Elohim, that he made them houses. And Pharaoh charged all his people, saying, every son that is born ye shall cast into the river. And every daughter you shall save alive. Chapter 2 And there went a man out of the house of Levi, and he took to be his woman a daughter of Levi. And the woman conceived and bare a son, and she saw him that he was a goodly child, so she hid him three months. And when she could no longer hide him, she took for him an ark of brushes, of bulrushes and dabbled it with slime and pitch, and put the child therein, and she laid it in the reeds by the river's bank. And the sister stood afar off, to wit, what would be done to him. And the daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river, and her maidens walked along by the river's side. And when she saw the ark among the reeds, she sent her maid to fetch it. And when she had opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the babe wept. And she had compassion on him and said, This is one of the Ivri children, the Hebrew children. And then she said, And then said the sister to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call to you a nurse of the Ev? I'm sorry. Then said his sister to Pharaoh's daughter, Moses, this is talking about Moses' sister, Shall I go and call to you a nurse of the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. And the maid went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, Take this child away and nurse it for me, and I will give you your wages. And the woman took the child and nursed it. 
please note the 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 amazing workmanship here of God. We have a a couple who have a child. They don't want to obey the commands of Egypt to slay the child, to abort the child. And so what do they do? They they nurse it and they, they do everything a parent is supposed to do up to the point where they can no longer hide the child and they say, we're going to give the child to God. We trust God this much. So they put the child in a basket and send it down the river. God rewards their faith by not only giving their child back, but now they're going to get paid by Pharaoh's daughter to raise him, to nurse him. And of course, once he's of age, he'll go into the house of Pharaoh's daughter. But that's what's going on. By the way, if you hear me stumbling through some words, it's my eyes have, are getting worse and worse, I, I think, week by week. And I'm struggling to read some of the small text, so please bear with me. And your prayers should be much appreciated. Let's continue on. Verse 10. And the child grew, and she brought him unto Pharaoh's daughter. And he became her son. And she called his name Moshe. And she said, Because I drew him out of the water. And it came to pass in those days when Moshe was grown, that he went out unto his brethren, and looked on their burdens, and he spied a mystery smithing an ivory, that is to say, an Egyptian smiting a Hebrew, one of his brethren. He looked this way and that way, and when he saw that there was no man, he slew the mystery, the Egyptian, and hid him in the sand. And when he went out the second day, behold, two men of the Hebrews strove together, and he said to him that did the wrong, Wherefore smite your fellow? And he said, Who made you prince and judge over us? Intend you to kill me as you killed the Egyptian. And Moshe feared, and he said, Surely this thing is known. Now when Pharaoh heard this thing, he sought to slay Moshe, but Moshe fled from the face of Pharaoh and dwelt in the land of Midian. And he sat down by a well. Now the priest of Midian had seven daughters. And they came and drew water and filled the troughs to water their father's flocks. And the shepherds came and drove them away. But Moshe stood up and helped them and watered their flock. And when they had came to Ruel, their father, he said, How is it that you are to come so soon today? Now please note, people will read this and they'll say, Wait a minute, I thought Jethro was their father. Well, Jethro is their father, and Jethro is the priest. So what does the scripture mean when it says right here that the daughters returned and told their father, Ruel, what had happened? Here's kind of a mistake, and I don't, I don't know why they don't just, when they make English translations, they don't just say what it is, but... In Hebrew, or Biblical Hebrew anyway, there was no word for grandfather. It was the same as father. So in Biblical Hebrew, they would call their grandfather father also. What's happening here is they're coming to their grandfather, and they're calling him Abba, just like they would their real father, and telling him what's happening. Now, if you're like, oh, do you have a scripture for that? Numbers 10.29 reveals that Ruel is the father-in-law. So if you go to Numbers 10.29, it says, Now Moses said to Hobab, the son of Ruel, the Midianite, Moses' father-in-law. Hobab is the name for Jethro in this situation. You'd have to understand the context. The point is, is you can 
derive that Ruel is the father of Jethro from that text, if you if you study the context. So anyway, that's what's going on there. So, And it's going to be revealed that Jethro is the actual priest and father-in-law here in just a second. So let's just continue on with the story here. Now the priest of Midian has seven daughters. We read that. Okay. And the shepherds came and drove them away, but Moshe stood up and helped them and watered their flock. And when they came, Ruel, their father, who's actually their grandfather, he said, How is it that you are to come so soon today? And they said, A mystery man, a, a mystery, a, an Egyptian, delivered us out of the hand of the shepherds, and also drew water enough for us and watered the flocks. And he said unto his daughters, And where is he? Why is it that you have left the man? Call him that he may eat bread. Moshe was content to dwell with the man, and he gave Moshe Sephora, his daughter. And she bore him sons, and he called his name Gershom. For he said, I have been a stranger in a strange land. And it came to pass in the process of that time that the king of Misraim died. And the children of Israel sighed a reason of bondage, and they cried. And their cry came to Elohim by reason of their bondage, and Elohim heard their groaning. And Elohim remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Yitzhak, with Yaakov. And Elohim looked upon the children of Israel, and Elohim had respect unto them. Chapter 3. This is going to be an important chapter that I'm going to try to reveal something to you, or give you something to think about. Um, and, and do it kind of quickly here. Let's go on. Chapter 3. Now Moshe kept the flock of Yithro, Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the backside of the desert, and he came to the mountain of Elohim, even to Korav. And an angel of Yahuwah appeared unto him, and a flame of a fire out of the midst of a thorn bush. And he looked, and behold, the thorn bush burned with fire, and the thorn bush was not consumed. And Moshe said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the thorn bush is not burnt. And when Yahuwah saw that he turned aside to see Elohim, to see, Elohim called unto him out of the midst of the thorn bush, and he said, Moshe, Moshe. And he said, Here I am. And he said, Draw not nigh thither. Put off your shoes from off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the Elohai of your father, the Elohai of Abraham, the Elohai of Yitzhak, the Elohai of Yaakov. Moshe hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon Elohim. Please note, in the Hebrew text, this is one of the reasons I'm reading from this translation, in that sen- and that's those sentences there, the Hebrew word for God is actually Elohai. Not Elohim. There, and then in a couple of places, it is Elohim. In the English translation, it just says God for all of them. But then if you go to like a sacred names book, like um, the Hallelujah Scriptures or any other one, they'll all just say Elohim. But that's not always what's there. Sometimes it's Elohai. You say, why well, does it matter? Well, it mattered enough when it was written in Hebrew. So that's good enough for me. 
Verse 7, And Yahuwah said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Mitzrayim, and I have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of Mitzrayim, and to bring them up out of the land unto the good land, and a large and unto a land flowing with milk and honey, unto the place of Canaan, Can- Canaan and Chittim, and Emerim, and Pezerim, and Shivarim, and Yevukasim. Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel is come unto me, and I have seen the oppression wherewith the midstream, that is to say the Egyptians, oppressed them. Come now therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Please note, I'll also make this quick comment about the one I just made. You will only notice that truth, that sometimes it's Elohai versus Elohim, if you're reading out of a Hebrew Bible, like literal Hebrew Bible. If you're going to go to Strong's Concordance and you're going to use Blue Letter Bible and you think that makes you a Hebrew scholar, you're going to get it wrong. Because they they only show root words and they don't demonstrate that truth. It can only be seen by reading the actual Hebrew text. Verse 11. And Moshe said unto Elohim, Who am I, that I should go unto Pharaoh, and that I should bring forth the children of Yisrael out of Mitzrayim? He said, Certainly I will be with you. By the way, that's an important phrase that I want you to remember. Verse 12, And he said, This is God speaking, He said, Certainly I will be with you. And this shall be a sign unto you that I have sent you when you have brought forth the people out of Mitzrayim. You shall serve Elohim upon this mountain. And Moshe said to Elohim, Behold, when I come unto the children of Yisrael, and shall say unto them that Elohai of your fathers has sent me to you, and they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? And Elohim said to El Moshe, Eheya Asher Eheya. And he said, This shall you say unto the children of Israel, Aheya has sent you. Now please note, we know that Aheya is not God's name. God's going to reveal his name in, another ver- in a couple more verses. What's he mean when he says, Tell them that Aheya will, will, has sent you? Well, I think there's a clue if we just go back up to the verse that I mentioned. Because when God says to Moses, Because Moses is like, who am I? Who am I that I should do this? And God says in verse 12, and he says, Certainly, Ahia, I will be with you. So, is it possible that what he's saying is, he's, so he's encouraging Moses, he's saying, Ahia, I will be with you. And then he says, Tell the Israel people, my people of Israel, Aheya, I will be. It's about giving them confidence that he's going to be with them and that they don't need to be afraid. So he's saying, tell them that I will be, will be with, I will be sent you and I will be with you. And a lot of times it's translated as I am, but I think it's kind of missing it there. In this translation, they don't even transliterate it. They just, they just put it in there as it is in Hebrew. Verse 15, And Elohim said, Moreover unto Moshe, 
Thus shall you say unto the children of Israel, Yahuwah Elohai of your fathers, the Elohai of Abraham, the Elohai of Yitzhak, and the Elohai of Yaakov, has sent me unto you. This is my name forever, and this is my mention unto all generations. So right there he says, Tell them that Yahuwah, or Yehovah, the Elohai of your fathers, has sent you. And this is my name forever. So he reveals what his actual name is. So I think the I am that I am or the I will be that I will be is more about encouraging them and giving them confidence that he's going to be with them. Just a thought. Again, I don't claim to be to know it all. Let's continue on running out of time quickly. Verse 16, go and gather the elders of Yisrael together and say unto them, Yahuwah Elohai of your fathers, the Elohai of Abraham, of Yitzhak, and of Yaakov, appeared unto me, saying, I have surely visited you, and I have seen that which is done to you in Mitzrayim. And I have said, I will bring you, out of the, I will bring you up out of the affliction of Mitzrayim unto the land of Canaan, and Chittim, and Emorim, and Pizrim, and Chivayim, and Yakuvim. Unto a land flowing with milk and honey. By the way, this is one thing I don't like about Bible translations like this. Is I don't need to know what the Hebrew name of those cities were back then. Uh, English should be fine. But it is what it is. Verse 18. And they shall hearken your voice, and shall come, and you and the elders of Yisrael, unto the king of Mitzram. And you shall say unto him, Yahuwah Elohai of the Ivrim, of the Hebrews, has met with us. And now let us go, we beseech you, three days' journey into the wilderness, that we may sacrifice to Yahuwah Yahuwah Eloheinu. So again, there's another name for God. Which brings me back to my original question. Is Is there a more important reason that the book was named Shemot? Names. Verse 19, And I am sure the king of Mitzrayim will not let you go. No, not by a mighty hand, and I will stretch out my hand and smite Egypt with all my wonders, which I will do in the midst thereof. And after that he will let you go. And I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. And it shall come to pass that when you go, you shall not go empty. But every woman shall borrow of her neighbor and of her the sojourns of her house, jewels and silver and jewel and gold and raiment, And you shall put them upon your sons and upon your daughters, and you shall spoil the Egyptians. Moshe answered and said, But behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice. For they will say, Yahuwah has not appeared unto you. And Yahuwah said unto him, What is that in your hand? And he said, A rod. And he said, Cast it on the ground. And he cast it on the ground, and it became a serpent. And Moshe fled from before it. And Yahuwah said unto Moshe, Put forth your hand and take it by the tail. And he put forth his hand, and he caught it, and it became a rod in his hand. That they may believe that Yahuwah Elohai of your fathers, the Elohai of Abraham, the Elohai of Yitzhak, and the Elohai of Yaakov has appeared unto you. And Yahuwah said furthermore unto him, Now put your hand into your bosom. And he put his hand into his bosom. When he took it out, behold, it was leprous as snow. And he said, Now put your hand into your bosom again. And he put his hand into his bosom again, and he plucked out, and he plucked it out of his bosom, and behold, it was turned again to other flesh. And he said, It shall come to pass, and it shall come to pass, if they will not believe you, neither hearken to the voice of the first sign, 
that they will believe the voice of the latter sign, and it shall come to pass, if they will not believe also those two signs, neither hearken unto your voice, that ye shall take of the water of the river, and pour it upon dry land, and the water which you take out of the river shall become blood upon the dry land. And Moshe said to El Yahuwah, O my Adonai, I am not eloquent, Neither, therefore, nor since you have spoken unto your servant, but I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. And Yahuwah said unto him, Who has made man's mouth? Or who makes the dumb or deaf or the seeing or the blind? Have not I, Yahuwah? Now therefore go, and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall say. And he said, O oh, my Adonai, send, I pray you, by the hand of him whom you will send. And the anger of Yahuwah was kindled against Moshe, and he said, Is not Aaron the Levi your brother? By the way, look at the patience of God with with Moses. It's like God's showing you all these things. He's promised to be with you. He's speaking to you audibly, and you're like, you've just got endless excuses of why you're unsure of yourself. And it also goes to show that God doesn't use people full of pride, but he uses the humble. Continuing on, I know that he can speak well, and also, behold, he comes forth to meet you. And when he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. And you shall speak unto him, and put the words in his mouth. And I will be with your mouth, and with his mouth, and I will teach you what you shall do. And he shall be your spokesman unto the people. And he shall be, even shall be to you instead of a mouth. And you shall to him instead of an Elohim. And you shall take this rod in your hand, wherewith you shall do signs. And Moshe went and returned to Yithro his father-in-law, and he said unto him, Let me go, I pray you, and return to my brethren which are in Mitzrayim, and see whether they be alive. And Yithro said to Moshe, Go in peace. And Yahuwah said unto Moshe in Midian, Go, return unto Egypt, for all the men are dead which sought your life. And Moshe took his woman, and his sons, and he set them upon the ass, and he returned to the land of Egypt, and Moshe took the rod of Elohim in his hand. And Yahuwah said unto Moshe, When you go to return to Egypt, see that you do all these wonders before Pharaoh, which I have put in your hand, but I will harden his heart, that he shall not let the people go. And you shall say unto Pharaoh, Thus says Yahuwah, Yisrael is my son, even my firstborn, and I say unto you, Let my son go that he may serve me. And if you refuse to let him go, behold, I will slay your sons, even your firstborn. And it came to pass, by the way of the inn, that Yahuwah met him and sought to kill him. And then Zipporah took a sharp stone and cut off the foreskin of her son and cast it to his feet. And he said, Surely a bloody man are you to me. So he let him go, and she said, A bloody man you are because of the circumcision. And Yahuwah said to El Aaron, Go into the wilderness and meet Moshe. And he went, and he met him in the mount of Elohim, and kissed him. And Moshe told Aaron all the words of Yahuwah, who had sent him, and all the signs which he had commanded him. And Moshe and Aaron went and gathered together all the elders of the children of Israel. And Aaron spoke all the words which Yahuwah had spoke unto Moshe. And did the signs in the sight of the people, and the people believed, and when they heard Yahuwah had visited the children of Israel, and that he had looked upon their affliction, they bowed their heads and worshipped. 
Last chapter here, chapter 5, and then we have one verse in chapter 6. And afterward, Moshe and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh, Thus says Yahuwah Elohai of Israel, Let my people go, that they may hold a feast unto me in the wilderness. And Pharaoh said, Who is Yahuwah, that I should obey his voice, to let Yisrael go? I know not Yahuwah, neither will I let Yisrael go. And they said, Elohai of the Ivrim, that is to say, the God of the Hebrews, has met with us. Let us go, we pray you, three days' journey into the desert, and sacrifice unto Yahuwah Eloheinu. Let us fall upon, let he fall upon us, lest he fall upon us with pestilence or with a sword. And the king of Egypt said unto them, Wherefore do ye, Moshe and Aaron, let the people from their work get you unto your burdens? And Pharaoh said, Behold, the people of the land are now many, and you make them rest from their burdens. And Pharaoh commanded the same day that the taskmasters of the people of their offices, saying, You shall no more give the people straw to make brick, as heretofore let them go and gather straw for themselves. And the tale of the bricks which they did make heretofore too, you shall lay upon them, you shall not diminish aught thereof, and they be idle, therefore they cry, saying, Let us go sacrifice to our Elohim. Let their more work be laid upon them in, that they may labor therein, and let them not regard vain words. And the taskmaster of the people went out to their officers, and they spoke to the people, saying, Thus saith Pharaoh, I will not give you straw. Go ye, get your straw where you can find it. Ye not all of your work shall be diminished. So the people were scattered abroad throughout all the land of Egypt to gather stubble instead of straw, and the taskmasters hastened them, saying, Fulfill your works, your daily task, as when there were straw. The officers of the children of Israel, which Pharaoh taskmastered, had set over them, were beaten and demanded, Wherefore have you not fulfilled your task in making brick, both yesterday and today, as heretofore? Then the officers of the children of Israel came and cried unto Pharaoh, saying, Wherefore deal with us thus with your servants? There is no straw given to your servants. And they say to us, Make bricks, and behold, your servants are beaten, but the fault is in your own people. But he said, Ye are idle. Ye are idle, therefore you say, Let us go and sacrifice to Yahuwah. Go therefore now and work, for there shall no straw be given you. Yet shall you deliver the tale of bricks. And the officers of the children of Israel did see that there were evil and that they were evil case after it was said, You shall not minish aught from your bricks of your daily task. And they met Moshe and Aaron who stood in the way as they came forth from Pharaoh and they said unto them, Yahuwah look upon you and judge because you have made our Savior to be abhorred in the eyes of Pharaoh in the eyes of the servants to put a sword in their hand and slay us. And Moshe returned to El Yahuwah and said, Adonai, wherefore have you so evil entreated this people? Why is it that you have sent me? For since I came to Pharaoh to speak of your name, he has done evil to this people. Neither have you delivered your people at all. And then Yahuwah said to Moshe, Now, Shall you see what I will do to Pharaoh? For with a strong hand shall he let them go, and with a strong hand shall he drive him out of his land. 
And that, my friends, is the end of our study for this morning. I don't have time for closing thoughts, so I just pray that you've been blessed, that you've been strengthened. Hopefully you've received a few things to think about. And I hope you've been blessed. Thanks for listening. Thank you for your prayers. Please consider supporting the mission of truth by going to scriptureandprophecy.com. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.